Welcome, everyone, to the Unfiltered Podcast, real conversations about church planting. My name is Lee Stevenson. I'm a local church planter in the Orlando City area and overseer of, of Converge Church Planting. I'm Danny Parmalee, and I oversee church planting for Converge Mid-America and Southeast. And uh, I'm excited. We've got a special guest with us today. This is Wes Pastor, a uh, church planter, uh, an academic um, creator there in the Northeast. So, Wes, why don't you tell us where are you at, and uh, we'll kind of go from there. Yes, uh, thanks, Lee. It's good to be on the program today. Uh, We are up in the People's Republic of Vermont. Uh, <laughs> Great way to put it. <laughs> and uh, uh, we moved up there under the auspices of what was then the Baptist General Conference, Converge, in 1991 uh, to plant a church. There were no Converge churches in Vermont at the time. That's why they asked us to go. And so and we, you fell for it. You and I fell sucker. for it. I know. I fell for it. And we went up to the Burlington area, which is in the northwest corner uh, of Vermont, cl- pretty close to Canada, and uh, and uh, launched in September of 1992, Christ Memorial Church, um, and I had the privilege of serving as a senior pastor for that church for 30 years, and so this past September just handed that off to one of my associates, in fact, one of the folk that have come through our church planting and revitalization yeah, program. Incredible. What, what was it for you about Burlington that caught your attention and said, yeah, this is the place that we feel like God is leading us to to, to plant. Well, first, New England, and, uh, you know, again, stats need to be taken with somewhat of a grain of salt, but according to all of the stats, Barna, you know, all the guys, New England is the most unchurched area in the country, and it's the closest to post-Christian. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's the most Europe-like, it's the most Canada-like and so I was attracted by that. I was also attracted by its rich heritage. New England has an extremely rich Christian heritage. I'm a kind of a Jonathan Edwards guy. Mm, yeah. Um, and I was attracted by the colleges. I got saved when I was a student at Ohio State University. I saw the power of campus ministry. So we were looking to plant churches in college towns. And Burlington is where the University of Vermont, which is the flagship university of, uh, in Vermont, uh, is located. You were... You strike me as a man that likes the challenge, and uh, you, you stepped up to, to reach that challenge. Um, I also think it's incredible. Like you spent thirty years at the church you planted. Um, a lot of our church planters that are listening to this are even on those early stages where maybe they haven't even launched the church, let alone know how the future is going to play out. What is one or two pieces of advice that you would give to a new? church planter about what it looks like to, to make it the long haul? Uh, so uh, as to how to make it the long yeah. haul? Is that yeah. What you, yeah. Um, first of all, just in terms of why to even have that as a value, because I, I do understand you could have different approaches to this. You know, Some call it a more apostolic approach, catalyst approach, sure, I think is yeah. the way the Southern Baptists talk about it. Um, one of the reasons I wanted to do it this way is we have five kids, and, uh, you know, in all of our uh, journey, we had moved. At one point, I calculated we'd moved 12 times in 13 years. Uh-huh. And uh, so I said to my wife, I said, look, whenever it is we decide where we're going, sweetheart, we're not moving. Even if it fails, I'll get another job. We're going to raise our kids in a, in a stable place. And I'm not making a, a god out of that, but I yeah. think it's helpful for uh, passing the happy wife test yeah. and, uh, and just generally having a relatively stable family. 
So that's sort of an advertisement for trying to do that. I think, I think that if if you're going to be successful, uh, you have to be willing to be adaptable, um, because the church that you plant um, in a lot of non-essentials will not be the church mm-hmm. you retire from. Uh, and uh, I don't particularly consider me a naturally adaptable person, but. My wife would be laughing right now. She's like, <laughs> "Like that's the understatement of the universe." Uh, but I'm I'm committed to the principle of adaptation, and so, uh, and we've gone through a lot of different phases, and we don't look like we looked like in what I would call the non-essentials, mm-hmm. um, and uh, just being also able to not uh, allow the hits to discourage you. Mm-hmm. Because if you're going to be in a pastorate for yeah. that long, I mean, you know, the Methodists are pretty smart. They, they just keep they keep, keep changing. Them and and yeah. I was talking to a, a Methodist leader, and he said, you know, we we want to move in because we know problems will happen, yeah. so we'll just start over again. Yeah. I, I see it. I don't agree with it. Sure, I think, yeah. well, how do your people ever learn how to work through problems? Because yeah. you know, you you have a honeymoon stage. Yeah. Uh, even the initial part, and you know this, Lee, from planting. Have you planted? Yes. Mm-hmm. Andy, yeah, you guys both know that it can be a little rough at the beginning. Oh, the yeah. people you think are loyal, yeah. they leave. But usually that's not too terribly painful. I find it's the 20-year yeah. betrayals that really leave you yeah. just you know, gasping for <laughs> air. So I, I think you have to be prepared that you're, you're going to get hit, you're going to get sucker-punched, uh, and you you have to recognize this is just New Testament Christianity, and uh, the the devil doesn't like successes, and uh, he he doesn't like the gospel going forward. He's going to use methods and means that you could have never even imagined. They don't tell you about this stuff in seminary. I mean, it's just you got to read it in the New Testament. That's yeah. where it is. Yeah. yeah, Wes, I have a question for you. When you um, planted, did you have a specific intentional plan? For multiplication, so a lot of church planters say, hey, "I'm going to plant this church, and then I'm also going to plant, you know, five to ten churches, um, you know, out of my church." And you know, you you've been very successful in multiplication. So I want you to talk about nets a little bit, but I want to know if that was part of the plan in the beginning, or if that's something that kind of grew out of whatever. Yeah. So. Not only was it a plan to plant churches, it was a plan to start some sort of a church planting school or training center. Okay. That was right in the beginning. That, okay. that is really courtesy of, uh, of the, one of my mentors at Dallas Seminary, John Hanna, who had shown how through the various awakenings, especially the first great awakening, there was usually a training school that emerged from that. Yeah. You know, uh, that's, that's how Dartmouth started, yeah. for instance. And so I just had it in my mind, well, we're not having an awakening but we can still try to set the table yeah. and get gospel preachers. And so right from the beginning, we wanted to both plant churches and we wanted to start some kind of a training center. We weren't exactly sure what that was, but we knew we wanted to do it. So so how quickly did you, and tell us about it and yes. where, it's, where it's at today. Yeah, so. and, and just uh, an encouragement to church planners. I know that church revitalization is really hot these mm-hmm. days. Yeah. I've seen it because I've been recruiting for about 25 years. Yeah. But one of the great advantages of church planting is you can set that DNA right from yeah. the beginning, and you guys know that. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you're just you're not having to deal with trying to turn a slow-moving ship. <laughs> and, you know, if someone comes and they say they don't like it, 
you can just always say, well, I was here first. Yeah. You know, <laughs> exactly. and, uh, yeah. and uh, so, uh, yeah, we, uh, uh, three years out, so we started in 92, 95, we started looking for our first church planter. Mm-hmm. And we finally located him in 97. We signed him in 97. And we specifically said, we want you to plant in Hanover, New Hampshire, where Dartmouth College, which is an Ivy League school, is located. He came up in 98. We we did our pilot residency program yeah. from 98 to uh, about a year and a half, just short of a year and a half, sent him out at the end of 99, and he planted Christ Redeemer Church in 2000. Okay. Um, and that was enough for us to see, okay, we think the residency program idea, which was not hot at right, the time. Right, I was going to say, no, everything are no. total buzzwords, but back then, no one was doing no, that. No, the district opposed it yeah. they, because it was too expensive. Yeah. And uh, and I had good relationships with my district. I, I loved my district executive minister, but they thought they were doing one-week boot camps. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that was like, they've already been to seminary. The one-week boot camp is totally sufficient. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, I don't think so. And I think you prove that because you're not willing to fund this thing. So you're not really convinced this guy's a good guy. We're going to take him through this program, and then we're going to get behind him because a laborer is worthy of his wages, and a church planter needs more, not less, than an established planter or an established pastor. So we jumped in with both feet in 2000 uh, residency, and I had the privilege. Lee, you were at the meeting when they had the think tank, Mm -hmm. and, and, and President Rideout said, we want to get, I think he said, 100, 100 residency, 100 residency programs. Yeah. So I, I got yeah. to see the thing yeah. go full circle, yeah. you yeah. know, because back then yeah. nobody was talking residency programs. Yeah. So tell us how it's grown since then. So Yeah, we started slowly. Mm-hmm. Um, we were getting about one couple on average every two years, mm-hmm. and that's about all we could afford. Yeah. Um, even though we set NETS up as a separate organization, it's under broadly, it's under the auspices of Christ Memorial Church. It's 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 legally a controlled corporation, yeah. but it has its own board of directors who are responsible for its day-to-day operations. We kind of have the best of both worlds. Yeah. And but slowly but surely we begin to get a little momentum and our churches were working. We didn't have any failures early on. That really helped because mm-hmm. our people believed in it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um uh, the biggest breakthrough happened in 2014 or 2015, so we're about 15 years into it. When I went to the elders, because I was I was turning 60, I went to the elders. I said, you know, this thing is kind of revolving around me, so I'm kind of assuming when I retire, this will probably, you know, ride out into the sunset. And the elders said, we don't want that to happen. Yeah. What do we need to do to not have that happen? I said, well, we probably need to get our own space because right now we're just sort of a cottage industry of Christ Memorial Church. They were all for it. And lo and behold, a, a campus uh, came available. Which is it, beautiful. It is a beautiful. Be that's there, right. Yeah. Lee's been up there. It it had actually been in receivership for about five years at that point. It had gone bankrupt. The bank owned it. And... So uh, we began pursuing that campus. The elders gave us our blessing, even though they're not responsible for those kind of decisions. But they're overall responsible for NET, so they were excited about it. The board gave us our approval to go after this property, and uh, we negotiated for about a year and a half on the property, 
just getting it down, 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 down. Yeah. Really helping the bank to face the music. Right. Nobody's <laughs> no coming. Nobody's coming knocking. That's yeah. right. There were because two, I mean that had housing, dorms. Yes. Right. Gymnasium. Yep. But they also had a zoning board that said it can only be used for this very right. narrow purpose, yeah. and it'll take you a year and a half and about sixty thousand dollars to get approval, even for that. Yeah. Because it was it had been. Grandfathered in, and then they changed. You were the, the only zone. real buyers that's, that's for the, it. So. That's New England. Yeah, so. yeah, 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 that's right. That's right. That's very New England. So we we were able to do it. We we negotiated it down to an unbelievable price, and uh, we purchased it purchased it in 2016 with the goal of trying to. Our our mindset is, you know, kind of go big or go home. Mm-hmm. We want to saturate the New England landscape, which is so in need of gospel preachers and gospel churches um, with gospel preaching men. Mm-hmm. And we can't do that if we're sending out one every two years. And I'm not saying there's nothing else going on. Yeah. There's a lot of good things going yeah. on, but it's still, it's paltry. The average attendance at evangelical churches in New England is 2 to 4%. Yeah. You know, in Rhode Island, it's 1.6% of the population that attends evangelical churches. So there's plenty of room to send guys out. So we're now trying to get up to eight to 10 a year coming into our program. Um, We're, we're in the three to five range, which Mm -hmm. is a vast improvement over what we were doing one every couple of years, but we've still got room there to do it and still keep it a hands-on mentoring apprenticeship program. We're not trying to replicate seminary. Yeah. What are you looking for Wes, when it comes to a good candidate that both fits um, a church planter or a revitalization profile in New England, and also to be a part of Nets. What what are the qualifications? Yes. What are you looking for? Yeah, on the you know sort of lifestyle side of things, we're looking for guys uh, that are that are robust physically, robust mentally. Um, we're we're a little uh, selective. You know, if 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 a couple has uh, issues where they they need to be on some sort of uh, special medications, uh, especially for anxiety or depression. We don't in any way say those folk aren't qualified to be in the ministry, but we just know the strain of New England yeah. is probably mm-hmm. not in their best interest. And we've had couples really appreciate that we're, mm-hmm. we try Honest to be very careful and, 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 and in, a, in a kind way. So we're, we're, looking, for, we're looking for dudes. They, they've got they've got to be able to bear weight and and kind of uh, you know I think of I think of Mar- Marlon you yeah. know here here's a guy I know and I'm sure Terry was right there with him you know yeah. Oh, yeah. these these people are weight bearers and they're not going to get easily get knocked off course so we're kind of looking for that we're we're looking for folk that are theologically driven uh, are you know we come from a reform point mm-hmm. of view so we're looking for that. Although we're not, uh, we're not grinding any axes about any of that. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, uh, some some one of our guys calls it Calvinism with a smile, and uh, <laughs> and I think that's appropriate because a lot of times it's not. Those guys yeah. are not very they're not very <laughs> it's friendly. Well put. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and uh, and so we we want most of all that they see the gospel as the central thing that they're committed to telling people that they're sinners, they need a savior. Jesus Christ is the only Savior, the only name under heaven which by we can be saved, and that they're not going to depart from that script. Yeah. Um, and they're going to recognize that they're going to need to be leaders. That's going to be hard at times. 
um, and they need to come up to New England and die. Yeah. That's what we say. If yeah. you're if you're going to be a part of Nets, we're expecting you to come up here and die. If that's not what you want to do, there are a lot of other options, and we wish you the best, but we're not going to go there. That doesn't mean everybody does, right. but that's the commitment we're asking them to have, and we want their wives to be right there with them, yeah. not just, well, this is what my husband wants to do. Mm-hmm. We say that's not going to work. It isn't going to work. You can do that in a regular church pastorate in a lot of places, but not church planting in New England. Yeah. Um, you were, uh, you know, a lot of times I think people would think they have to be from the Northeast in order to be effective, but you were sharing yesterday at dinner that you do have people that aren't originally from there that, you know, join the program. And, you know, I've talked to, you know, some of the, uh, you know, the planters and revitalizers you had come through have had just a, a great experience. What does that experience look like and can they be from you know, anywhere. What does the experience of someone from the South planting in the North look um, like? Actually or being both. at Nets? Being at Nets. Okay. Being at Nets. Yeah, it's not a requirement at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, New England is so liberal that they're they're pretty accepting. Uh-huh. You know, they really are pretty accepting. I'm, I'm amazed at how open-minded they are. They're not discerning. But they're very open-minded. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. Yeah. Uh, and uh, uh, so, no, we've we've got a number of guys. I mean, a lot of the seminaries are in the South that I recruit from. Yeah. So you're you're getting Southern folk. The guy that took my place mm-hmm. is from South Georgia. Mm-hmm. Now he he was so missionally minded that he taught himself not to have a Georgia accent. You would never know he's from yeah. Georgia. Wow. Now you talk yeah. to his wife. No, it comes out. I, uh, I, I met him because he went through assessment. Oh, that's right, yeah, down in so. San Antonio or down in um, Denton, Texas. I think Texas. it was. Yep, yeah, yep. that's right. Mm-hmm. Am I right? Yep. Mm-hmm. You couldn't tell, could you? Yeah. And uh, and uh, you know he was in journalism and he was a sports announcer, so yeah. he had a lot of chances to perfect it. But you you would never know except he's an Atlanta Braves fan and he right. loves the Georgia Bulldogs. <laughs> he went to Georgia. He named his firstborn Georgia. Oh wow! Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, he's all subtle, in then. Subtle hints. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> But what does the experience look like? So, and this is this is literally a free commercial opportunity. There's a listener out there right now. Now, yeah. Lee and I get the commission <laughs> on this if they sign up for Nets. You got so, it. So, yeah. but um, if someone says, "Hey, what does that actually look like yeah. to be part of Nets and to be what happens during that time? How long is it? And then when they're sent out?" Yes. Well, maybe from the downside, let's just get the bad news out of the way first. Um, they're probably going to be busier than they ever were in the church that they attended. We're pretty high octane. We have a lot of outreach ministries, and we're, we expect them to be at everything. Now, part of that is a conditioning drill. Which makes sense, yeah. we know they're going to have mm-hmm. to step up. Um, so the, the, the typical reaction we get, especially from a Southern culture person who might have a little more of a late, little more laid-back orientation is that this is really busy, or this is really intense. But they adapt. They get used to that. The other, what could be viewed as bad news, actually the couples end up viewing it as pretty good news, is we're going we're gonna to drill down pretty deeply into their married lives. And uh, because we know if they go out there and those marriages aren't humming, you know, that they can work through problems quickly, uh, satisfactorily, mutually satisfactorily, they're going to be in trouble because mm-hmm. it's the stress of it is going to bring out the weaknesses. And so sometimes it can get a little uncomfortable, 
when we start drilling down. and Because we're usually drilling down into their spiritual lives. Yeah. That's really what it is. And it's just manifesting itself in marriage and family issues. Those are kind of the hard parts. I think the parts that they actually really enjoy and spend most of the time doing, we have a big couples aspect to it. And once they get over the exposure issue, they really end up giving real high marks on how helpful it is for their marriages. So we're spending time with them individually. We spend regular time with the couples. We spend time with them individually as a couple and just working through all sorts of things. We have a curriculum that we go through with marriage and family matters. And then the guys, we're pounding the guys on studying texts, preparing exegetical homiletical outlines, preparing 45-minute sermon manuscripts. Now, they don't have to do that when they get out, Mm -hmm. but we're trying to develop some disciplines Mm -hmm. and help them to really figure out what it looks like to be preaching every week. So even if they're not preaching, we try to get them preaching once a month at a church. But even if they're not preaching, they're still preparing sermons because to just suddenly become the senior pastor yeah. when you did two 15-minute sermonettes in seminary. Big jump. Yeah. It's a big jump, and you're just not conditioned to be doing that kind of prep every week. So we're trying to work that muscle and get it. It's still not going to be conditioned, right. but it's going to be more conditioned than than they would have been otherwise. Now, is that a is the whole process, is it a six-month, one-year, two-year kind of process? Right. The, the immediate intensive is nine months. And from that nine-month scenario, there's three or four options they can choose. One, some have decided they're just, they don't think they should go into ministry. And we're giving them our own evaluations. They're coming to an assessment center like this. They're getting that evaluation. We put all that together. We make an end-of-the-year evaluation. And sometimes they've already concluded, we don't think we're suited for ministry. They might take a position just at an established church that's relatively healthy, that may be in New England, maybe not. They don't have to agree to stay in New England just for this nine-month okay. intensive. That's a second option. A third option is to go into a church revitalization, and there's a spectrum there. Some of those are really fairly healthy. They just don't have any young people. That makes sense. So the older mm-hmm. folk want to get a young yeah. pastor thinking yeah. that that'll enable them to recruit, yeah. which is true. We've yeah. seen that happen several times. Uh, so that's a third option. The fourth option is to church plant. If they decide to do that and they want to do that with nets, they have to uh, stay on for another 18 to 24 months for our residency program. And there we have them signing blood. Mm -hmm. You're all in. You're all in. If you you can't say you're planning to stay in New England, we're not, you know, we'll try to get you affiliated with somebody else. else, That's right. And happily. But if you want to be with Nets, which includes... I'll take your leftovers. <laughs> you want, so. Which includes all of the, the funding that Nets yeah. does. We have our own graphic designer. We have our own uh, videographer. We have our own editor. We produce... Our materials look a lot better than Nets actually is. Uh-huh. Uh, and uh, we're better on there paper. There went that commercial. Yeah, there went that commercial. That's I right. told him to sell it. Yeah. He's like, this is what sucks. You're going you're gonna to have long yeah. days, yeah, hard hours. Right. I'm like, right. wow, that's Wes, right. way to sell yeah, that's that. Right. So. But the good news is for the nine-month uh, nine month intensive, it's free housing, uh, you know, free utilities. We give them $1,000 a month. Um, so we're really taking care You're of them. Investing. We're yeah, investing. Their insurance, we have a self-insurance pool, so they'll never 
never pay more than $3,000 on their deductible because they all come up and have babies. Right. So, uh, uh, once it's in the water, it's in the water or something. It's like, you're pregnant. We got four pregnancies, you know, going on in our self insurance pool, you know, going right down. But we do take care of them. We take care of them and we're, we're behind them a thousand percent. The first church we planted in Dartmouth, they're trying to get a building and they bought, they bought nine acres in Hanover five or six years ago. Now, Hanover has not had a new church building since 1959. Wow. And they, they bought property that was zoned correctly. There's no issues. They went through the planning commission, no issues. They said they could build a building that seats 600 people. Their church already is getting 400 wow. out, which is great for New England. Oh, that's huge. Then they went to the zoning board, and the zoning board said, you can't do a number of things, all of which are now being challenged in court. Yeah. And, uh, and we are helping them fundraise mm-hmm. for all of those costs, and we've, we've yeah. raised a lot of money 20 years after planting. Yeah. So our, our, one of our motto is for the life of the church. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we're behind you, and we're going to help you. We want you to be denominationally active it's one of the best converged churches in the Northeast, this They're church I'm talking it. about. Yeah, I know. yeah, you know, Don. And uh, But we're behind you. And uh, and so there's some real nice perks. It's a long-term relationship. Wes, I, I really appreciate you taking the time to, to share both your heartbeat. Um, it's it's contagious, your passion is, yeah. for New England to come and understand the truth of the gospel. And so we appreciate what you're doing. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you pouring into all the planters and Uh, churches in the area. Thank you very much, Lee. It's a blessing. So thanks for tuning in, everyone. This has been the Unfiltered Podcast, just real conversations about church and church planning. Thanks for tuning in. 